Welcome back to another episode of the Order of the Straight Arrow. Let's just go around the table and introduce everybody. You have myself, Troop Scout leader, Dustin Lays with Beave. Across from me. I am the historian, Denim Wall. And in between the two wall boys, as always, you have myself, I'm Miles, aka Chief Runs with Bins. And I'm back. I'm uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm Elder Little Pond. Damn wow. right. Welcome back. <laughs> so to kick it off, like every meeting, we're going to do the straight arrow oath. So if you're in scout uniform, three-finger salute. If you are in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian. A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow does not use cheater bait. And a straight arrow is always against Bill HR 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Can I get a round table? We want Tanya? We want Tanya! So, as tradition, when we have pond in the house, we're doing Little Pond's Ponders. Okay, welcome to my quiz. Um, good to be here. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess I'll start off with Denim, and then Miles, and then Dustin. You each have two question, two questions each. Okay, so Denim, what is the truck thief's name? Ooh, no looking at your notes. It's the truck thief's name. It's got more than one name. <laughs> I can't remember. I I I don't know this one. All right, well we'll save that for now. I think Miles, you should probably close your notebook. Yeah. Come on. Sure. No, no, no. You're going to give me the fucking hardest okay. one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at, at the end of the episode, when does the judge say he has to be at a lethal injection by? Uh, by midnight? Yes. All right, I'm ready. Hit me. Okay. According to Hank, what is the strongest thing he uses? Like, is a reference kind of to drugs? B.C. Headache Powder. <laughs> yes, correct. I was happy to see that one come back. That was a callback from season one, episode one, the pilot. All right, I think this is an easy one, Denim. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Who did Nancy get the ginseng tea from? <laughs> Who did Nancy get it from? Yeah, because Peggy got it from Yeah, Nancy. Peggy got it from Nancy. It from... Um, I don't know. I can't wow. remember. I didn't take that note. Uh, what? All right, we'll save it. Wow. Okay, save it I'm like you. Owen too here. Okay, Miles, I think this is a hard one. <laughs> what color is Boomhauer's hat when he's fishing? Oh, I know the answer to all of these. <laughs> it's either blue or red, I think. I'll wrong! Go. Damn it. <laughs> Both are wrong. Okay. Yeah, you got two yeah. guesses. Yeah, well, Dustin. Let me rack them all up. Well, I, I got to give you my last question first. Yeah. Um, um I just have to find it on the page. I'm sure this doesn't happen on normal game shows. <laughs> <laughs> what makes this not normal? Oh, yeah. When Bill asks Hank if he can use a worm, Hank responds, what's the matter? Batteries running dead on your what? Electric lures? Uh, no. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. I Give me one of the other ones. I'll hit those. On all the right. Park. All right. Um... What is the name of the truck thief? Billy 
Ray when win what Waylon Waters Billy Ray Waters I mean it's not it it's very close I don't know I when I when I was listening to it he says I had it to, really fast yeah and, and it, I actually thought it starts with a W okay, his the last name's, name's a W his name's Billy Ray Walters Walters and like when I wrote it down at first I thought his name was Hillary Walters <laughs> Billy Ray Walters, you better to plead guilty. Yeah, Denim? Yeah. What color is Boomhauer's hat when he's fishing? I think he has a green hat. Yes, you redeemed yourself there. <laughs> oh. Whew. Oh. Yeah, help me out with mine. Oh, I wanted Denim's on Miles? <laughs> Who did Nancy get the ginseng tea from? Jahan Redcorn. Oh! <laughs> Why didn't I and uh, I, I think that I think the only unanswered question was your original one. Yeah, the, it's uh, uh, the electric jiggers or the something uh, yeah, like that. it's electric spinner. Fuck. So those were some ponders. Yeah, holy shit, they are getting tough. You came to play. Let's move on to the episode info led by the historian. So this is the 18th episode of King of the Hill. It's entitled Je- Jumping Crack Bass. It's a gas, gas, gas. Uh, the last bit's in brackets. It is. But when you hit play on the DVD, Bill says it. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it first aired November 2nd, 1997. Directed by Gary McGarver. who He also directed Square Peg and King of the Ant Hill. Um, he stuck around King of the Hill for a long time. He did 13 ep- more episodes after this one. Um, and it's written by the Allens. We've seen the, the out there, Cohen and Friedland. Mm. They also wrote the movie Due Date. They got some really good King of the Hill episodes as a pair of writers, though. Um, Shins of the Father was their first one last season. This is their second, but they do a lot more after this. They're, uh, they were on King of the Hill for like 2002. Um... And yeah, the synopsis for this one is Hank unknowingly buys crack, mistaking it for fishing bait. That about sums it up. (laughs) Um, But there's also the uh, director intro that is before all these episodes. Um, And this one, I kind of thought it was pretty sweet. I I wanted to get a screenshot of it and just save the picture because it was funny. It's like a fishing line dangling the crack vial. over like a lake in like animatic like black and white and then a bass jumps up and it's got Hank's head on it uh-huh. and it just grabs onto the crack and then like wiggles a bunch and then jumps off and it just says jump and crack bass and like block bubble letters. That's a lot more fun than just the target getting shot. It seems like each director's been um, trying to outdo the last. Yeah, kind of one up the last guy. That makes yeah. sense. So that gets us right into the episode. There's no cold open on this one. We get uh, right into the intro song. And then we find Hank and Bobby at Arlen's City Park. 
uh, after dark. Yeah, we see Hank and Bobby. It's uh, it's at nighttime. They've got flashlights. They're out digging for worms. A hand-dug American worm is the key to catching any fish, in Hank's opinion, at this point in the episode. Bobby is clearly missing the point of fishing. He's also complaining about how cold he is. And every time he pulls a worm up, he snaps it in half. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just doesn't care. And I thought that was awesome that they put that in because like every single kid who's ever been fishing before has like accidentally ripped a worm in half and been like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> It's good, man. You just throw them back, and then you got two worms. Bobby, you're missing the point. We don't fish for the fish. 90% of what I like about this sport, and it is a sport, is sitting in the boat for five hours doing nothing. And the icing on the cake is when God smiles on you and you hook one. And then when you're reeling it in, everything else falls away. You don't think about taxes or traffic or that pushy gal that's trying to get into the citadel or who's going to take care of you when your mother and I are old and incapacitated. All there is is a man, a rod, a lake, and a fish. And it all starts with a hand-dug American worm. Yeah, it's a beautiful, like, monologue by Hank, like, about the joys of fishing because it is true like waiting that long and then when you actually get a fish like you really appreciate that fish and it does make you forget about everything else or even even when you don't catch that fish like it's like i i remember i took a friend one time i was like well let's just go fishing she was like oh i don't like fishing and then we went up to the lake and just sat there for like a few hours and had some beer and she was like yeah i think i like fishing yeah (laughs) it's pretty cool it's like hanging out with a purpose (laughs) yeah actually seeing a fish is just a bonus and like (laughs) it's such a nice scene i don't know if you guys noticed but there's like a shooting star zips across like over top of hank's uh, head at one point yeah it was super cool and uh The pushy girl in the Citadel. Yeah. Now, who who is that? <laughs> He's referencing a woman named Shannon Faulkner, Faulkner, who was uh, sometime in the early 90s, the first woman to be accepted into some military college in South Carolina. It was like an all-boys military college, and it, it was called the Citadel. And... Um, oh. So she did get accepted, and um, it apparently caused quite the ruckus, and she faced quite a bit of discrimination from the other cadets, being the only woman, (laughs) and um, I guess that's what Hank's talking about. Okay, because every time I think of the Citadel, I think of, like, Mass Effect or a video game. Yeah, like, I had... I got no idea. I've seen this episode so many times, I've never known what he meant, and then I actually, like, looked it up last time. Maybe that's what the Simpsons were also, like, doing in that one episode where yeah. Lisa joins the well, uh, military I school. went to, like, her Wikipedia page, and it's, like, her mentions in popular culture. And, like, one of them was this, one, a couple other things, and one of them mentioned that Simpsons episode oh, that yeah. it was, like, inspired by her. Right. Okay. And just after Hank's, uh, his, uh, his little speech about fishing there, all of a sudden the lights start flashing in his pickup truck, and he's soon aware that his truck is trying to be uh, stolen by Billy Ray Walters. <laughs> Yeah, he's leaning over his seat there, and he's starting to hotwire the car, and you hear a little bit of the radio play, and then Hank busts over with his crazy dad strength. He yanks him by his leg out from the truck. You ain't going nowhere. I'm placing you under citizen's arrest. You can't do that. The hell I can't. The hell he can't. Language, Bobby. (laughs) 
<laughs> Hank is totally the citizen to make a citizen's arrest. Oh, I yeah. loved it. Yeah, he had all the backing up facts, too. He's like, no, as an American citizen, I have the authority to hold you to an officer of the peace arise. Like, he is just like waiting to arrest some scumbag. I get the feeling that maybe Hank has done this before because when we're at the courthouse next, the judge like recognizes him as like this upstanding member. Yeah, speaking of the courthouse, um, this is the next day after Hank's, or you know, not the next day necessarily, but afterwards they're at the courthouse. Hank is there and he's wearing a suit, which is awesome because he, I'm sure he was expecting the <laughs> shout out from the judge. And the judge's name is Judge Roland McFarland. Now, he was named after the real Roland McFarlane, who at the time was the senior vice president of broadcast standards for Fox's primetime, late night, and children's programming. Uh, Judge Roland was voiced by James Carville, who's an American political commentator and media personality. He's also a prominent figure in the Democratic Party. Nicknamed the Raging Cajun, Carville has made, <laughs> has made many other uh, appearance, uh, film and TV appearances, sometimes just playing himself or sometimes as a character role. Um, he has made appearances in Old School, Wedding Crashers, Mad About You, The Muppets, Family Guy, and of course, this episode of King of the Hill. James Carville, like, he worked for the Clintons. I think that's why. Like, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. But yeah, he's got, like, a super, uh, like, cool voice. And I just thought it was funny, like, the parody between the two. Like, the guy in charge of essentially policing King of the Hill at the time to make sure that their standards are met, they put as the judge. Yeah. <laughs> that's really clever. And, uh... Bringing it back to the episode, it's funny how Judge Roland McFarlane congratulates Hank on being an upstanding citizen, but kind of turns a blind eye to what Hank was actually doing there. Like, he was there after hours, he had his flashlights covered up, like, he wasn't supposed to be there. And obviously, for the sole purpose of his own protection, because that's a known breaking spot of crackheads or whatever Billy uh, Ray Walters is. Yeah, I think Hank um, just being so so self righteous about about thwarting this criminal who was not supposed to be there, but like he was told not to park his car there by because of this reason, most mm -hmm. likely. Yeah, um, I think the judge. I think the judge doesn't care about that. But I also think it's because the judge is sort of a wacko yeah. and sentences this He's man. He's creative. He sentences this man to 90 days in the cab of an import. And it's, yeah, so, I mean, that's, like, some good uh, foreshadowing for the way this judge administers justice. Oh, yeah, Peggy even mentions it, right? Like, he was in the newspaper for it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, Peggy's an idiot. Oh. <sighs> Hank's lucky he didn't get killed. I hope they lock that thief up and throw away the key. That thief is my boyfriend. <laughs> that feels like it should have been a deleted scene. Okay, two things about that scene. Uh, one, Peggy's eyes go so white, like she cannot fathom the thought of premarital sex. And two, that's got to be Pamela Adelon again. Yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I was kind of disappointed because, like, these, like... Um these characters are super funny. Like Billy Ray Walters, I was trying to figure out who voiced him, but like this, um, the girlfriend, yeah, is clearly Pamela Adlon. I just like want to touch on that. It's like, Peggy, why would you say that to this woman? Like she's obviously there for Billy Ray Walters. Like she's not Hank's like family or anything. Like, how dumb can you be? I don't know, man. Sometimes when you're sitting in court, there's some people who are just there. I guess. And you're like, I don't want to ask why you're here, but. My cable got cut. Yeah. <laughs> 
I swear to God, most of them are just other lawyers taking a lunch break and finding somewhere quiet. If I send you to prison, they're just going to teach you how to be a better truck thief. So you're going to spend the next 90 days in a cab of a pickup, an import. <gasps> so then we get Hank after the uh, hearing, I guess, uh, going down to the City of Ireland Police Impound Depot, where he goes to pick up his truck and... Uh, little does he know that it had to get searched for drugs, which you'd think is just, you know, opening up the, uh, center console, the glove box, dusting it off maybe a little bit. And they seem to went above and beyond. And I caught 13 things that they did to his truck. So to best search his vehicle, the Arlen's finest removed the hood, the doors, the bench seat, all four tires, the entire exhaust system, the windshield, the steering wheel, the vents, the ashtray, the stereo, the glove box, the whole dashboard pretty much, and of course, the spark plugs. <laughs> what about the fuel pump? Luann's got that later. Okay. Yeah, and um, they don't find anything. Like, where? But now they're sure. Oh, yeah, they, they, there's nothing else they can check. And the funny thing is, is they're not there to help them put it all back in. They're just like, truck's right there, Hank. No, and uh, I love the deleted scene um, that oh, takes place one. after this. He So Hank is in his suit from court, and he's carrying like a cardboard box with like a muffler and some other car parts hanging out oh. of it. <laughs> and he's got under the other arm is his windshield. <laughs> and he like walks up to a bench with a lady who's got like her bags on it, and he asks if she can like move aside for him to like, sit down i have a windshield here man and then uh <laughs> while he's doing that she's like she's like no i don't want to get involved and then like look and then you pan back to hank and there's a homeless man spraying and wiping the windshield <laughs> like in the park <laughs> sticks out his hand after <laughs> yeah and it's just like oh that's hilarious i thought it was a really good deleted scene. i wish they would have kept that in yeah it, it really like it gives credence to, like, I mean, obviously he's upset because his truck is so dismantled. Totally. But, like, the fact that they dwell on it in that deleted scene would make it, like, really make sense for how he's acting. So, uh, yeah, we're back at the house. And um, I guess, like you said, the people that took apart the truck didn't put it back together. Because <laughs> it's all just, like, parts all over Hank's front lawn and kind of in the driveway. And, um Hank's kind of milling around the kitchen, like, just really stressed out, like, and, um, Bobby thinks he wants chicken, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but actually all he really wants to do is just get back on the lake and go fishing and forget about everything that's stressing him out. Yeah, I love that, that Bobby just has, like, a giant plate of fried chicken, like, with nothing else. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I don't know if it's, like, pointing out the obvious, but, like, I think this is the first time where, like, you see Hanks, like, using fishing as an escape. Yeah. Which is a parallel to, you know, drug use, obviously. This is, like, kind of, like, where that starts, where he's he, he wants to get away from his life, forget about the things that are bothering him, he's going fishing. Here, Nancy gave me some ginseng tea. She got it from John Redcorn. And ginseng? I don't need to get all hopped up on dope. He's just got to get hopped up on fishing. <laughs> yeah, and then Luann in this scene is uh, describing oh. how she's fixing Hank's truck. And Peggy also brings up, like, when 
who's going to take care of Bobby when they, when they pass? Yeah, that's the second time Bobby's kind of coming to this realization that his parents aren't going to be around forever. Right. And like, he, he's like, what? It's coming to the real, but we as an audience are coming to the realization that Bobby will need somebody to care for him <laughs> well into his 40s. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's like, like Hank's like alluding to like he's gonna be like in a home by the time like, <laughs> like Bobby still needs someone to look after him. It's like they really don't give the boy a lot of credit at this point. Maybe they could just share a stay-at-home nurse or something, you know, <laughs> make it easy for him. And I know that there's this one uh, line that I think the historian probably enjoyed was. When Luann gets stressed, she likes to practice yoga. <laughs> she offers a demonstration, and Hank refuses, but... I like his rule. No, no, what is it? No Keep le- your legs underneath your hips or yeah. something like that. Below your feet below your hips. That's, that's it. That's a pretty good rule, like standard. So did you like that scene? <laughs> Keep that between him and Buckley. Oh, so we see Hank, he finally gets on his way to Lake Arlen, but of course his truck is still in repair. Luann is going to take some, it's going to take a lot of time to put the fucking all that shit back together. It's sitting on cinder blocks in the driveway, so Hank has a rental car. Oh yeah, I was just going to say about the car, like, um, obviously like Hank's a truck guy, and this might be like one of the first times you see him like not driving a truck. And he's, like, driving this, like, dumpy little purple car. Yeah, I couldn't find online, um, but I have my own opinion on what this car to be. And I believe it to be a 1997 Geo Metro. Yeah. Pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, you showed me a picture of it earlier. It's Yeah, I think it's got three cylinders. Yeah, it's <laughs> this one. Not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so complete with a whopping 70 horsepower, powered by a 1.3 liter three-cylinder engine. <laughs> this car is also the three-door hatchback edition, which makes it, like, that much more small and cramped. <clears throat> so at the time this generation of Geo Metro was released... 41% of the Metro buyers were first-time car buyers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 62% of the buyers were women. So, like, keeping with the common theme, like, when something goes, like, wrong with Hank, it just gets worse and worse. Like, <laughs> his truck's fucked, and now he has to drive this purple Geo Metro. Like, it's got as much power as my, like, lawnmower. <laughs> it's just like... Hey, you know what? There's one thing you can say about a Geo Metro, and it's American-made. That's American design. That's American ingenuity. That's that's it. Beautiful. So he drives that little shit box all the way out to Arlen Lake. As cramped as it is with all those guys in there, they get in the boat and it seems to be quite spacious. I don't know with my experience on lakes, it ain't that spacious, <laughs> those little tin boats. Yeah, we got Hank at the stern, Boomhauer at the bow, Dale at port, and Bill at starboard. Yeah, Dale's at larboard, that's for sure. <laughs> that's an actual term. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you differently. That's an archaic way of saying port. <laughs> larboard. <laughs> Anyways, so the guys are using uh, garlic as their uh, cheater bait. I think it, no, it's garlic-scented yeah. lures. Yeah, so it's confirmed. Like, scents and sounds are proven to work a lot better than worms as bait. Like, that's just that's common knowledge. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, like, I don't really fish and i know you know a couple of you guys do um do they have garlic scented baits or like vanilla scented like is that a real thing i can't confirm vanilla i i have garlic I, is confirmed garlic garlic yeah vanilla probably not it's just like really strong scents usually they have them what all are some examples of like wacky ones well like 
they have like descended lures, but like the, at this point in the 1990s, they were like they were like the fad, right? It's like now more oh, days, okay. it's like you buy a lure and then you scent it yourself. Like there's tons of videos online of just like what to do to make like a garlicky brine, like soak your lures in it for overnight or something. And this works. Yeah, it's like chum in the water, right? Like okay. it just gets the scent out. But why wouldn't you just chum the water? Because they're not fishing for sharks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the uh, like, because I mean, I have just like, it's like a shrimp goop. And you, I just like that stuff works really. Yeah, good. but shrimp, I understand, but like vanilla. Vanilla was one of the joke ones, I oh. believe. I mean, you, I guess maybe you could, but, but that's the thing is like some guys are like this about like that's why I think this whole episode is really good is because like some people are super like I swear by my my honey oil liquid 40, 40% like honey, yeah it's like and it's like i use yeah i use sesame oil and the fish just come running every time and it's like okay dude that works for you but you know i'm not asking you for your recipe like some and yeah and tie and ties i'll just stick to the crack <laughs> some guys who knows what they use man hank's using worms though and he seems to be the only one not catching one because Wingo, Dale gets one. Nice plump bass, it looks like. And uh, there's something that I noticed that I've never seen done before that I kind of like, I really respected as an angler. Uh, when Dale caught the fish and Hank takes the, the lure out of his mouth and then feeds him an extra fish before he's setting him free. Like, is that a common practice? No, fucking Hank's a nerd. That's yeah, so lame. <laughs> Go, he said, "Go!" I thought it was he nice. Said, go, yeah. I mean, sure, it's nice, but it's <laughs> fucking nerdy. It's like, uh, go tell your friends. So you got it. Like nobody's biting anyway, Hank. Well, like yeah. Usually, like when you get a fish like into your boat, the thing's like struggling to still be alive. Like you're not just gonna like dump a little treat into its mouth and it's gonna eat it and swim away. I mean, it's my instinct to just kill it as soon as it hits the boat. But I mean, my job involves. Ten thousands of fish every day, so watching one die isn't nothing to me. <laughs> I did want to touch on the music in this episode, and I think this is a good time to, to bring it up because there's a nice little fishing tune while all the guys are fishing, and uh, I think we should just take a listen to it. I swear to God, if you play Eric Church right now, <laughs> Miles was in on it. <laughs> Kind of makes me want to hear a country band with a guy just playing the fishing rod. <laughs> it's a nice addition for sure. That is some great music. That is one thing I noticed about this episode for sure is that the music really stands out. And I just love the slow like twang to it. It really just kind of comes hand in hand with like spending an afternoon in the sun fishing. Yeah, and I found that they did a nice mixture. They had acoustic and electric, and uh, they mixed it up, and it really flowed nicely. And they peppered it in a lot; like it was, it was very frequent. Just yeah, just like the band. That is the that's the best for fishing mu music for me. <laughs> yep. Whenever we're out on my boat, the FE possibly well high denim always requests <laughs> the band. <laughs> So, yeah, Hank can't catch a fish on a worm to save his damn life. And now, in the deleted scenes here, there's actually two while they're out on the lake, and I like them both a lot. The first one, he, everybody's still catching fish, and he can't catch a fish. 
but he does catch a muffler that's all no. rusted. And he says, truck parts at home, truck parts in the lake, <laughs> truck parts everywhere, but in my god dang truck. <laughs> and, then, and then that's when Bill says, I just realized something. Hank hadn't caught fish. You looking to go for a swim, Bill? No. You know what else I just realized? This is the first time any of us has caught more fish than Hank. Come on, Bill. Don't rub his nose in it. Yeah, that's like right after Hank catches a muffler in the deleted <laughs> scene. Um, and I don't know exactly when this one would take place. It was the next deleted scene was like an animatic, so it didn't make it very far. But I really, it made me realize that like they probably do shit like this all the time. So Khan is is in this deleted scene, but he wasn't in the episode. Flashback? No, it was it was them fishing. Oh. And he whips up in his fancy new hoverboat with the big fan oh. on the back. Oh. And he's, like, got, like, bags of fish. Like, he's caught, like, 40. <laughs> like, he's just got, like, everything. And he rips by and he just laughs at them. And he says, he says, oh, look, I caught four wide-mouth rednecks. Because <laughs> they're all, like, just, like, jaws drop on the yeah. side of his boat. So yeah. I thought it was, yeah, it made me uh, just want to see more con like why like that's a good one why not leave that in so without that there's no toby Hess at all in this episode is there yeah do you think maybe that's why they cut it out just be like oh maybe we'll just leave him out of the episode entirely no because the line was there the line they said the line the line was was in the deleted scene like and it's toby huss so like he's in like most episodes, isn't he? Like, yeah, pretty much. That, as one character or another. Yeah, and like that, that would have been good because we've already seen like the rivalry between Hank and Khan before. So like fishing would have been a great thing for them to have, be, you know, be rivals at. Oh yeah, totally. And he invited Hank over for a fish fry. <laughs> so Hank's in the boat, and he takes one last look at his tackle box and he looks down at the worms in the dirt and just kind of feels a bit defeated and this is when you can tell he's thinking that he wants to maybe switch over to the other side because they're back on land and uh, Dale is like, are you going to meet us all at the uh, drugstore so we can get some aloe vera for Bill's back? A severely sunburnt Bill (laughs) Dotrieve. Yeah, and I think it's more for his neck and arms. Like, he he had his undershirt on, so... (laughs) Uh, face. Yeah. Oh, so bad. Then Hank says that he's got to go to Layaway Ray's bait and tackle and get some hooks. So we get to Layaway Ray's, um, and the the store is like completely empty. And Hank thinks it's because he went. Um, he had one of his trout out of his mine sales. I'm going trout of business, Hank. <laughs> I can't compete with the Megalo Mart. I love he says this, like, dousing gasoline behind a bunch of Megalomart <laughs> bags. Like, he bought all of his stock at Megalomart. Yeah, so this is the first appearance of Ray Holiday, a.k.a. Layaway Ray. Now, he's voiced by Stephen Root, if you didn't, if you didn't already notice, the voice of Bill Dotrieve. And um, so this is the first of two appearances. Uh, we find out that Ray is the former owner of Layaway Ray's Bait and Tackle. And uh, we see him again in Propane Boom Part 1, where he is now working at the Megalomart. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a poetic end for Layaway Ray. So Hank's explaining to Ray how the worm let him down, and he thought maybe he'd try a... One of them scented lures. Maybe vanilla. <laughs> 
So yeah, so I, I guess Layaway or Ray doesn't have any vanilla lures in stock because he's got barely anything left. So then Ray or uh, yeah, Ray tells Hank about this guy named Jack that um, sells um, sells bait out of his truck on the corner of Sixth and Woodmont. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I like how when he's telling Hank, he's like uh, yeah. goes over to the like the shelf and he kind of like. Pulls this can of Wizzo barbecue lighter fluid off the shelf and just kind of holds it down like casually as ever. Just poured it across the whole floor as he's walking him out the door telling him about Jax. Yeah, I actually have a bit of a problem with this scene just because um, like usually King of the Hill is so like realistic and believable. But like this is just like it's just too over the top for me. Like... I don't know. He's pouring gas everywhere. Hank doesn't notice or like. He'd smell it. He'd hear it. Like he'd be like, "Oh my god, is that gas!" Like, I don't know. It just it kind of bothered me, but that totally makes sense. Yeah, like Hank wouldn't notice the smell of gas. Like that's his damn job. Yeah, but yeah, that is unbelievable. But even just the animation of the explosion itself looked like it was like the Simpsons or Looney Tunes. And yeah, I noticed that a lot with this episode, right down to the storyline of this episode. It's like, it's, it's just absurd. And it's, it's, it is something you would see on the Simpsons. And I noticed that earlier uh, in the courtroom scene, when the sentence came down and everybody uh, panned to the audience and everybody gasped, it reminded me of like a shot at like Springfield town hall or something. Uh, yeah. Well, it, like, you said, Denim, like, I don't think you'd bat an eyelid, like, if this scene was in The Simpsons or even, uh, like, definitely in Family Guy. Like, yeah. The, it just didn't sit right with me in King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. The, the, the explosion uh, was very reminiscent of the, the April Fool's Simpsons episode where Bart takes Homer's beer, shakes it up in the paint mixer, and then when Homer opens it, like, the roof literally, like, lifts off the house from the explosion. It's pretty much what it was. And, like... Yeah, like, I would have rathered to see um, it just kind of slowly burn up and like just because i don't know especially the fact that i mean i guess a spoiler but the fact that leiway ray is seen later and just like in that context i feel like taking this crime more seriously may have helped overall with like the crime and punishment in the whole episode I do like that they follow up on it. Like, if they were to just have that explosion and then never talk about it again, that would... That would be par for the course. That would be, yeah. In that would everything be, else. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the next scene, uh, this one caught me by surprise. Because, like I said, the music has been fantastic. And then I thought I heard maybe a dog bark, but no. Is, is this when he crosses over into 8 Mile? I could describe this as nothing other than a hip urban beat. This is super. This is not what I thought it was. This is super hip. Oh yeah. Hey G. Yeah, this is when he rolls up because I guess he makes it to the corner of Sixth and Woodmont, but he must be on the wrong street because he runs into I don't know this guy. I guess his name's Jack. (laughs) And uh, Hank just obviously wants to get out of that neighborhood as fast as possible. Or sticking with what we saw in the last scene, Hank's just kind of an idiot for like a day. He's kind of got like a he's kind of got like a one track mind through this episode, like, and it really parallels with like drug use. Like he's like he, only thing he cares about is fishing, and like he doesn't yeah he's think a, about like things he would normally think about. Yeah, he's totally oblivious to what's going on around him. It's just I need to catch fish. You call it bait. I like that way you look span. 
Uh, well, I got 20. 20 gets you all the bait you need, Jack. Rock on. <laughs> this kind of makes me think that Boomhauer should have been a drug dealer. Boomhauer's a Texas Ranger. <laughs> I mean, there's, he could have taken a different path and would have been successful. Yeah, so Hank's like, um, he has now these three vials of crack, which he thinks is fishing bait, and he's, he's very blown. They aren't, they're freshness tubes. Yeah, he's got the freshness jars. As we pan away, um, when Hank's, like, the, the drug dealer just scurries away, and after he says rock on, and we kind of, the, the scene pans out, and you can see this beat up old pickup truck on, like, the other corner of Six and Woodmont. <laughs> And it's Jack's bait. Jack's bait, spelled B A T E, like to really <laughs> to go in with this because Leiway Ray claims he's this illiterate mountain man who never went to school but has the best bait. But Hank ends up with yeah. a bunch of crack. I was gonna say too, like one more thing about the car, like um, yeah. the the fact that he's driving like that purple rental car makes it a lot more believable, like even to the dealer that like he would buy crack. Cause like if he showed up in his pickup truck, the dealer would be like, Oh, this guy's a narc. Like I'm not even going to sell to him, but like he's in that, he's in that dumpy little car. And so like the dealer's like, yeah, this, he's a customer. Yeah. And his, just the, also his like explanation, Hank's explanation. <clears throat> like you can see how he finds his way into that. Just saying that like, well, you know, I've been a worm guy, and I'm kind of looking for something a little harder. So, like, you, there probably are people like that who go and see him actually looking for crack. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And then, like, I'm sure yeah. they, they use all kinds of code words or whatever I love they how, want, right? I love how the dealer mistakes his, like, fishing talk for street slang. Yeah, because <laughs> he's just like, oh, I'm up on it. I like that you say bait. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, it reminds me of going to buy weed off of, like, old guys. And yeah. like they're like, yeah, it's fish. That's what it's called. It's like call like when you text me, you say it's fish, and it's like whatever, dude. Like okay, so yeah, it's just like anything to get you to stop talking to me. <laughs> and yeah, that's just so you just go along with it. So um, the next day, Hank is out fishing again with his boys, and um, they're all kind of getting set up, and Hank's kind of like off to the side there. Um, he's got his crack and wondering <laughs> wondering how Jack can fish with this stuff. He ends up like tying it around in a knot a bunch of times. and Yeah, like the patience Hank must have like to tie like uh, the, like the size of like an aspirin pill to a fishing hook like that's yeah. just ridiculous but he casts it away and within like a matter of seconds he hammers a nice big bucket mouth and he's reeling it in and uh <laughs> boomhauer calls him the fishing magician <laughs> which i really I actually like. missed that <laughs> yeah. but yeah they get they're like they're catching wise now that hank's not actually using his uh trusty worms but he switched to something else He's on cheater bait. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Bill, like the first time Hank catches a fish, Bill thinks that he caught it with a worm. So Bill's like, can I have a worm? Mm -hmm. 
And then Hank's like, what's the matter? Batteries go dead on your electric spinner? <laughs> and then they realize he, he's not. He's using, like, a special kind of bait, and they all want to try it. Yeah, Hank's, and, like, got his, like, you know, back to them. He's, like, hovering over, like, the engine, trying to, like, avoid them seeing it. And then they all, he finally agrees, you know, to let them all. He takes his knife out and, like, shaves off these little chunks of crack for the yeah. boys. But, yeah, he just holds it up to the sun, and we get, like, a good shot, and he's just like, this is homegrown American right here. <laughs> it's just like, I, it just, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty perfect. <laughs> yeah. And like the lightness that they take with this, because it's like, it's fucking crack. And like Hank and his friends are like sharing it like it's crack. And that scene where they close up on the, uh, the rock that he has and he's shaving off a little bit for everybody. It kind of reminded me of like, you know, a family getting together and just saying grace before they all eat dinner or like Jesus feeding all of those hungry people bread. It was just like, that's what that, and then the music that they had underneath, it was just all came together. And it was that's, such a beautiful little scene. That's honestly. totally funny. That reminded me of just like, uh, <laughs> like the exact opposite. Like it reminded me of somebody who just scored their drugs <laughs> sharing <laughs> like, okay. I'm in control of this. I'll, I got us. Just a little bit will do you. All yeah. you need is a little dab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like... Yeah. Just to get you hooked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good one. And it, uh, it turns into an absolute fishing frenzy. Like, they're just catching fish like fucking crazy back and forth. And Hank actually catches the same fish again, the one that he caught the first time with the rock of crack that has the little red spot on its forehead. At one point, he didn't even have to catch it. It just jumped in the boat. Yeah, so he can't get the thing off the hook, so he ends up like throwing it. And the thing, like, beelines back to the boat, jumps out of the water, hits Bill in the chest. Bill flips out the back of the boat, and then he, like, stands up. And we find out they're in, like, three feet of water. And what I wanted to touch on is, remember in the do's and don'ts, I brought up in the in-betweener episode how they got to make all animals be not personified. And, like, I'd include a fish in that as well. And... I want your guys' opinion. What do you think? I think this is just a fish addicted to crack, and that's what it would do. It would fucking try to go back to what it needs most and swim back to the boat. Maybe not jump in, but when Hank takes it off of the lure and it goes back for a second bite, like, I think it would totally do that. I don't know. I kind of, I don't, I don't give fish that much credit. They're kind of like the stupidest things in the fucking world. Like, you can, you can, like, literally, like, pick them up off the ground and throw them back in the tank, and they will just swim across and jump out of the tank back onto land. Just, like, who knows what they're trying to do, but, like, all it ends up doing is killing them. Also, would crack not dissolve in the fucking water? Well, he caught it pretty fast. That's true, but they fish there all day, and they've done it lots. Like, I'm, I know it would maybe dissolve and dilute into the water, which would attract fish. So, actually, I don't know that much about crack, but um, I know cocaine doesn't I imagine the crack rock would do like what we were talking about earlier with the scented lures. It would like it when it hits the surface water, uh, like probably a half of it would like dissolve and like have like a milky kind of, yeah, you know, and they, they would smell it, I guess, because apparently fish are attracted to crack and they would all, you know, swarm in on it. Again, I'm not sure what's in crack, but I think it doesn't smell that good to a fish. <laughs> but I mean, the idea is that it is working. In st- I did think of that. I did. But he's not waiting for it to dissolve. Like it's like instant every time. So. I think I'll I'll let it slide. I mean, it's already a ridiculous idea. Yeah, I think the only reason is just because when he takes the fish off the lure, I think we still see that little rock attached to his hook. 
implying that it didn't dissolve. So I was pissed. Yeah, but it would. I, I don't believe it would have enough time to have dissolved. Well, I think it would. So then we see Hank getting home late. So I guess he stayed out fishing all day and all night. Peggy's already in bed and Hank gets home. Uh, I don't even think he gets undressed. He just lies down in bed for about a millisecond and then decides, I got to go fishing again. Just like after your first hit, you got to have your next one. And he goes out for what we assume is all day because we don't see him again until breakfast. So the following morning, Hank has apparently not even slept, and he comes triumphantly marching into the Hill family kitchen where they're all sitting around having breakfast, and he exclaims that somebody better call Ripley because no one's going to believe how many fish he caught. He claims to have caught two bucket mouths on one lure. Two 10-pound bucket mouths. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, I did, uh, I did look into the annals of history and I did find that on November 30th, 2011, one Robert Clover caught two fish on the same cast. He had it recorded on YouTube for 893 people to see. <laughs> and I watched it and it was fantastic. Well, congratulations to Robert Clover. That's a feat. And of course, bucket mouth is slang term for a largemouth bass, uh, contrary to what Urban Dictionary has, where it's just, uh, yeah, you can check it out for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, a, that is a type of black bass. Um, yeah, there's generally three types of bass in the world. Anyways, Hank knows exactly what time it is because he was there when the sun rose. And uh, Bobby called. I believe it was 347? 437? 437, I think. And then uh, Bobby starts calling him out on not using the worm anymore. And uh, Hank kind of doesn't know what to say. Yeah, well, um, yeah, like you said, when Hank was like bragging about how many fish he caught, he let it slip that um, he was using Jack's Miracle Bait. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Bobby's kind of like, but you told me, like, everything starts with a hand-dug American worm. Yes, that's how it starts. But a lot of things end up different from where they start. Like, remember that time I started building you a clubhouse and I ended up with a new tool shed? <laughs> Sometimes you start fishing, you end up getting arrested by <laughs> <buy> crack. <laughs> Some things start out one way. And, uh, well, Much like addiction. <laughs> And while this is going on, Luann briefly pops in to give an update on uh, the progress on Hank's truck. And she says that they didn't have a fuel pump in stock, so she had to ups it because she does not understand what UPS means. <laughs> Bad news, Uncle Hank. I had to order a new fuel pump. I figured it was urgent, so I asked them to ups it. Good thing I just got back from fishing or that would bother me. Hmm. It's kind of starting to bother me. Yep, I'm bothered. I better get on the lake. I have, I think Hank's a little more bothered that she said ups. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm just not even going to acknowledge that. So uh, we cut to the guys back in Hank's purple geo, and um, they're all super excited. And, and super crammed. Yeah, <laughs> I just, just love the visual here. Yeah, and Dale's in the front. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got a smoke. Yeah, yeah. Out the window. Yeah. So they're all crammed in there, and they're all just chomping at the pit to use some more of Hank's uh, miracle bait that he bought from Jack. And Hank goes, oh, yeah, that's kind of a shame because I'm starting to run out. 
And then he's kind of just like, actually, I am completely out. <laughs> and he's like, also, I told Bobby I will go fishing with him. And Hank just like abruptly leaves the guy sitting in the geo. And like, Dale keeps smoking. Like, Boobar like pulls out a stick of gum. <laughs> I love that Bill just. It doesn't like it doesn't matter if it's miracle bait, if it's a stick of gum, if it's just some of your spare time, whatever it is, Bill wants it. <laughs> yeah, and I thought like this scene was funny. I think this is like the reason that they made Hank's uh Metro Geo Metro uh like a two door. Because obviously like Dale's just kinda like oblivious, he's smoking, and Boomhauer is in like the back seat with Bill, so no one's opening the front doors to let them out. So they just <laughs> like stay there. <laughs> I don't think there's a I don't think there's a sedan version I don't. is there really oh man so hank ends up dragging bobby out on the lake fishing with him this time and they're putting in work on this lake they're fishing up a storm and bobby just i love how he just always listens like word for word and recites whatever his dad has said to him in the past. I'm tired. When's the part when we get to sit around for five hours doing nothing? <laughs> that's a good one, son. <laughs> and like that scene, uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny because it's just like that's exactly what Hank said was the most enjoyable part about fishing. And like Hank's taking it as like, what do you mean? That's what we've been doing. Like, haha, like yeah. very good. Um, but like Bobby's been working his ass off catching the fish and they've been catching so many, they can't appreciate it. Now he's so hooked on the rush of getting the fish that he's lost touch with why he likes fishing in the first place. Exactly. He said it was 90% was just waiting for just chilling in the boat. Right. Yeah. So he's totally gone back on his word, like right in front of his son. And I'm not sure if that was a, like a nervous guilt giggle or like, uh, he just was like, Bobby, you're kind of dumb. Like thinking that we have been just doing that. Like, I'm not sure if he's just blind to it because he's so focused on the the fishing or if it is guilt. Yeah. I mean, I think he doesn't, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's an interesting take. I didn't think that he was guilty. I just thought that, yeah, for him, this kind of is five hours of doing nothing. Like he's going fishing and whether he catches a fish or not, it didn't matter to him, but I guess now it does. Yeah, I thought it was another take on also just Bobby being lazy. Just like, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, that's l- the lighter take. You know how we talk about there's different layers to this show that you could pick up on? Mm-hmm. That would be a lightest layer of it. Yeah, for sure that. And I think his, just the way he recites back everything that Hank says to him, he just uses right back against him. Mm-hmm. I love that too. Like, this is probably the first time that Hank has ditched the guys to bring Bobby out fishing. And it's like the one time, because like, there has been those very rare occasions when I've been fishing where it's like as soon as I drop my line, I've got another fish on. So you catch like 17 fish in like two hours and it's kind of like, okay, I'm just going to like not put my rod in the water and like <laughs> crack up here. Like this is exhausting. Yeah, it sucks. I'm sitting there like Bobby watching him catch fish after fish after fish. <laughs> I was the cameraman. The next scene, they're, they're, uh, they're back at the Hale house and, um, it's like 2.30 in the morning or 2:37 something. 2.37 a.m. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Peggy hears some some rufflage in the, uh, like, just in the garage or whatever. And um, she wakes Hank up and, and tells him we're being burgled. And Hank kind of springs into action. Peggy breaks the leg off a chair. In, like, less than three <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Like, she is ready to go. 
And I love Hank's weapon of choice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, which is interesting, actually, because, uh, yeah, it turns out all the raw fish is coming from the, to the garage. So Hank, which I found weird because you think he would keep the line trimmer in the garage, but he <laughs> he breaks into the garage with it. And uh, it was actually like a weed whacker with a blade on, which I have used before. But um, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to, what did you call it originally? Well, you call it a line trimmer. Yeah. Oh, a you weed whacker. You know, a weed whacker is like 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 with the uh, the string. Okay. But this has a blade on it. Yeah. So I I don't really actually know what you would call that. Um, but I think awesome. it's the we'll same. It I think it's the same machine just with a blade on it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So he uh, yeah. So anyway, it's Dale that's trying to um. Conduct, steal the bait. Yeah, he's well. He's actually conducting a midnight termite inspection. True. Yeah, but he's also looking for the bait. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> but uh, Hank catches him, and Dale he's, gets away. And... It feels like they don't even know each other in this scene. You know, like yeah, he's like that's... it's me, and Hank's just like fucking get out. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be that like. The depiction of him, like, willing to chop up his friend with a weed whacker or a line trimmer over a line of crack rock. So once again, we're at the uh, breakfast table at the Hill House, and Hank is now using any excuse under the sun he can to go fishing. Can I have some more butter for my pancakes? <laughs> anyway, Hank abruptly jumps up. That's it. I'm going fishing. And so we see him the next scene going fishing. And he's all by himself this time. He has lost all his friends. He has lost all his family. And it's just him and his rock. And wouldn't you know it? It's not working for him. Yeah. He ain't. He's chasing that dragon. Yeah. He can't seem to catch it. Um, we get to meet that, uh, fish from earlier, the old redhead and she or he doesn't come out of the water, but it looked from the angle that we saw that the fish kind of looked a little bit thin and and tired and kind of strung out. Like, like it did kind of look like Paris Hilton. Uh, you're right. (laughs) And it, yeah, it basically just looked like a fish that was just hooked on crack for like a couple days and now is... Weaning off of it because it's not doing the thing anymore. So uh, Hank, obviously, he's not going to stick around if his bait's not working because he wants to catch a fish. He doesn't want to wait for five hours. So he goes home. No, no. Now, now fishing's lost all of its all its mysticism. All of its fun is now it's gone. Rush. It's... The high of fishing is now a low. <laughs> That is like picture all the fish at Lake Arlen, like on the bottom, like pushing shopping carts around with like, <laughs> like the empty beer cans in them, and they're just like spouting gibberish to each other. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Hank goes back. He doesn't go home. He actually goes to his neighbor's house, I believe. No, his neighbor is waiting for him at his house still. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, Dale's tweaking on his front lawn, and Hank just pulls up and throws him his vial of crack and says it doesn't work anymore and i guess what was the name of the (laughs) program dale claimed to be in yeah so hank uh tries to talk to dale about it uh the 
the, the fish aren't biting the crack anymore. And Dale goes, oh, well, you introduced something new to their ecosystem. And now they're used to it. Now they don't want it But anymore. they don't know it's crack either. No, they don't know it's crack. <laughs> <laughs> and Dale goes, well, that's, uh, that's like cockroaches 101. I would know. I studied at the Exterminators Academy at Umble. <laughs> Which does not exist, of course. There is no Exterminator Academy. <laughs> I'm assuming that this is somewhere along the lines of, like, Dale just making it up, like, uh, you know, to make him sound more professional. He could have been making it up, but I think it's more likely that somebody else made it up and tricked him into <laughs> this, taking this course and telling everybody that he's taking this course. Yeah, some cool old guy at the gun club. Yeah. Like, Look what I got. <laughs> so Dale's speech is effective. And Hank uh, goes on down to 6th and Woodmont to meet uh, Jack again. Dale peeks out from the shadows and insists that he'll have what he's having. Oh, I love the mysterious stranger vibe from Dale. The smoke coming around the corner. just. So Hank's uh, talking with Jack. Uh, the reason he's down there is because he needs something stronger. Now, what do you think that was? You think he bought heroin this <laughs> I time? Re- I really like how... Um how respectful Hank is to the drug dealer. He's like, yeah. I'm not trying to insult you or by extension your product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's probably going up. I think he's not, I don't think he's going to the downer. I think he's staying, I think he's getting like meth or yeah. maybe speed. Probably more like meth. Yeah, some, something, something, yeah. something cheap too because he's, he's, he's probably going to bring another $20 with him. <laughs> 20 bucks gets you all the bait you need, Jack. Rock on. <laughs> So, of course, in the middle of this interaction, just after Dale pops out from the shadows, he the, all of a sudden, <laughs> the, uh, the cops just swarm in on him, and all of a sudden, like, Hank is just absolutely bewildered, and we cut to the next scene. After they get arrested, we're at the lawyer's office, and, um... Peggy's blaming herself for uh, introducing him to ginseng tea. And with your addictive personality, of course, that led to I your... I swear, Peggy, I thought I was buying fishing bait. Don't lie to me, Hank. I am not stupid. I am a substitute teacher, not one of your drug-smoking friends. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Peggy clearly doesn't believe Hank's story at all. And uh, Hank's mortified. He's he's insists he was buying out of bait. And um, the... Uh, the lawyer with the ponytail isn't buying it either. He wants to uh, make Hank some kind of sympathetic figure. Maybe he got abused as a kid or something. Maybe I ought to tie that long hair on your head to the short hair on your ass and kick you down the street. I told you I am not a doper. Yeah, and this is like kind of a King of the Hill trope. Like whenever there's like uh, someone Hanks has to deal with, it's always like the... Uh, the worst version of that person, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it reminded Usually me of like, pony, or yeah. as far as Hank's concerned, the worst version of that person. Yeah, it's like it reminded me of like, like that lawyer is like the Geo Metro, you know, like if he was a car, right? It's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's bad enough that he has to like have a lawyer, and let alone he's got a goddamn ponytail. So the the lawyer's trying to get Hank to be like, look, everybody, everybody uses drugs like every now and again, even the president. And then Hank's like, not my president. I voted for Dole. <laughs> and like, I guess he voted for Bob Dole at some point. Only thing he's on is painkillers, and he earned it. It would have been the 96 presidential election. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Bob Dole, he was in uh, World War II, and in, in Italy in 1945, he was shot in the upper back and right arm with machine gun fire by German soldiers. 
and I guess everyone kind of thought he was going to die. Some of the other soldiers just, like, thought he was going to die, so they just, like, um, shot him up with morphine, and, like, they wrote an M on his head in his own blood. Wow. To uh, let the medics know that if they come by him, he already got morphine, because he would have, like, died if he got two doses, I guess. And um, I did not know that. Yeah, so he obviously ended up living, so he... uh, But... It didn't end there because he got a bunch of infections while he was recovering. So I guess he did earn his painkillers. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess our tip of the spear was a little dull, and he never uh, mentioned that last time we brought up Mr. Dole. Yeah, and Dale, I think it was whatever episode it was, Dale says that he thought he was faking it. (laughs) Who the fuck is the tip of the spear? (laughs) (laughs) So we got this scene of Hank and Peggy speaking with his lawyer. And then in uh, there's a deleted scene that I really liked. And I don't know. I'm finding myself really liking all these deleted scenes. Um, but, yeah, this one is of Dale. And he's, like, in the interview. Like, he's being interrogated by a police officer. And he's like sitting there smoking his cigarette and he's spilling all the beans about Hank. <laughs> he's just going off about how Hank hasn't, doesn't, uh, or whatever. <clears throat> so he's just going off and then the, the cops like, we don't care about your partner. You realize you're charged with possession of, of drugs narcotics. as narcotics as well. And he's just like, well, Hank doesn't claim his propane tips. That's got to be worth something. <laughs> and, then, and then we go to the courtroom where, yeah, they're both with Hank's ponytail-haired lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah, and uh, they're both sitting with their counsel, and uh, they're being addressed by Judge uh, Roland McFarlane. Uh, and he stops what he's saying to let Mr. Gribble know to remove his hat as is respectful in a courtroom. I do not recognize the authority of a court that hangs the gold fringe flag. A flag with gilded edges is the flag of an admiralty court. An admiralty court signifies a naval court-martial. I cannot be court-martialed twice. That is all. Furthermore, bailiff, gag him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, fuck. I have no idea of any, like, what any of that meant, but it just sounds so stupid. I wish we had somebody around that would just venture down that rabbit hole and yeah. explain also, all those questions He for also us. says, that is all. And then, furthermore. furthermore. <laughs> I like, love the legalese that they just throw in this courtroom. Yeah. Like, even Bobby's got it. I actually loved Bobby's when uh, Hank's making his defense and uh, Bobby steps in from the crowd. Objection, your honor. My dad doesn't use drugs. The only thing he needs to be happy is fishing. Sustained. <laughs> like it's not him that says sustained it's the judge when the other guy says objection Bobby's just watched a lot of night court <laughs> yeah this this scene is like with Hank just firing the his lawyer because he's an idiot and then he just he just tells the judge straight up like you know he's been in this courtroom and he's brought in uh, as an upstanding citizen with a good haircut his into this courtroom. And so, and so Hank just thinks he can win over this judge, but the judge just doesn't buy the story about using crack cocaine as bass bait. 
Yeah, it's a pretty hard story to buy. I mean, <laughs> it is. It's a. It's ridiculous. And Hank like continues to plead with him. And I mean, like this is the second episode in the row that has in a row that has had a very strong of uh, like voice cameo. Like I love here where like uh, James Carville is like, you know what, Mr. Hill, I'm a bit of an angler myself, you know. And he like he's yeah. like he's like, like he sounds exactly what you imagine like a Southern judge to like kind of sound like in in my mind at least anyway. And yeah, and we know that from earlier that he's got some pretty wacky outlooks on justice. So this isn't out of the ordinary, but it's certainly a very Simpsons ending, if you were to ask me. Yeah, and I think the only way that they can, like, get away with it is because it was introduced early and, like, we saw it early. So now we're like, this is just how this guy is. It's not out of the ordinary because that's this guy. Yeah, exactly. So tomorrow, you, me, and your bald buddy there are going to go out to the lake. And you're going to show me how to catch a wide-mouthed bass with a rock or crack. <laughs> I forgot about the bald buddy because his Dale just kept going off. They gagged him, and the bailiff just took his hat off. Oh, I can't remember. Was it Duncan? I don't know, but that bailiff, he looked like a fucking good time. It he was looked Duke. like a nice guy. Duke. It was Duke. Duke, get out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> and the other uh, bailiff, because they had another, uh, they had another one in. He resembled Boomhauer. Like I thought it. Like I took oh, a double yeah, take. You saw that? Too, yeah. I was like, that could have been like a Boomhauer's older, much bigger brother. Um. So that kind of ends the sentencing, and then we finally get our call back to Mister Layaway Ray. Next case: Fidelity Mutual Insurance versus Layaway Ray's Bait Shop. Sounds like another uh, little cameo there by Kathy Najme. That was a very Peggy-sounding courtroom person. Anyway, uh, we're out in the final scene, and they are fishing out on the lake, Lake Arlen, with uh, with Duke, with Judge Roland McFarlane, with Dale and Hank, and... And a vial of crack rock. And And they're going to prove to this judge that they're innocent. But... I mean, we've already seen the issue that the fish, they're, they're, they're done. They're off this shit. Yeah, because Hank briefly tries to, uh, you know, to interject to the judge and say, go, oh, no, no, it's the ecosystem, blah, blah, blah. And he just like, hit, hits the gavel down. He goes, it's, you know, it's too late. I've already made my decision. You can catch a fish with a rock and crack or you can go to jail for two years, I think. Yeah, 24 months. Yeah. So, of course, Dale cheats. He, <laughs> he goes, Wingo, man. Uh... Just fish is frozen. I caught it. That's my position. <laughs> That's my position. I love Hank's rebuttal to that when he's like he's like mumbling under his breath. He calls him a giblet head. Damn you, giblet head! Why would you buy a frozen bass? And he's like, I had a coupon. And yeah, I mean, just quickly, there's a there's a very little deleted scene here, and it's more of just like deleted like two frames, and it's just of like Hank being so excited at this moment that he like hugs Dale, and cool. yeah, I think they just took it out because it's just well, no wonder he doesn't do high fives. He definitely doesn't. Hug I was gonna say John Wayne wouldn't hug his friend, and neither yeah. does Hank. <laughs> well, John Wayne, <laughs> this is a unique situation. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on like. If you were a judge, like, six hours is a long time to dedicate. Like, 
like Hank usually says that he goes up for five hours in catches. They've been there for six, and he's still giving them a little bit more time. Like Hank's plea was that this crack made the fish go nuts. Yeah, judges, a judge's uh, time is very expensive. So just imagine how shitty it is for that judge to be paid for six hours to go sit on a fucking lake and go fishing. Are you kidding me? Like, that's, like he did it on purpose. He's like, yeah, I got an honest haircut. Let's go fish. I didn't see a rod in his hand. Yeah, I thought the judge was enjoying himself. Well, yeah. that's what I was going to well, say. he had a pudding. He also, he also, like, owes Hank, like, in some way, you know, from Hank, you know, uh, he doesn't owe him, but he respects him from catching the criminal in the beginning of the episode, right? So I think that's why he has that extra bit of leeway, too. Also, yeah. he does, he kind of makes it seem like him and Duke go kind of fishing on their own. <laughs> like, it's like I think the pretty... judge wants to believe Hank, like. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I mean, that haircut just says it, that he wants to believe him. Yeah, for sure. Five more minutes and that's it. I gotta be at a lethal injection by midnight. Get your butt off the cooler, Duke. His honor wants a pudding. So that leaves Hank with five more minutes to really decide how he wants to go out. And Dale advises him against cheating, but Hank says... Hank says he was cheating the whole time using cheater bait, that using a worm is the only real way to do it. And honestly, like... The way they shot this scene, it felt like the last time that we saw Lake Arlen, we saw a really sad, sad fish. And now we see this worm get cast out, and then the whole ecosystem comes to life. We see frogs, we see birds, and, you know, bugs. And Well, it's it, no longer just about the thrill of catching mm-hmm. fish after fish after fish. It's all about, it's back to just you and a worm that is proven not to work as well as any these other fancy baits, but... The joy of fishing literally is just enjoying nature. Like, that's, like, what the best part of fishing is, is sitting with your friends and having a beer or not and just fishing, just, just hanging out. It. Like, that's what it. it is. And so he catches a wall hanger, <laughs> and it looks like they're free to go. I mean, yeah, it's about, I, uh, it's about I, it. I really like how the, how it came for full circle. Like, you know, I mean, there was no other way of ending it. But yeah, exactly. It was very good. Yeah, and um, I just want to add, because there's a quick comment, I don't know if anybody caught it, at the very end with uh, Dale taking the photo, says, uh, "Get a, he says, get her in the picture, I want to have a good look at her, and then he looks again and says, or him. And is that because jacks are usually smaller? Well, jacks I, being male fish? Yeah, so I mean, th- that's in salmon, I, I honestly don't know anything about bass, but... Um, yeah, like with my experience with salmon, at least, is that they are smaller when they are male. They aren't really male, though. That's like kind of like a weird, like fish aren't anything until carrier and receiver kind of, right? Like, well, you know what I'm saying? No, because one's, it's like, they're both dumping. Oh, that's, they're both dump. They dump. Yeah. You dump eggs. Yeah. Yeah. They dump the eggs. And then, <laughs> actually, so for bass, I did actually look. I did look this up. Um, bass, so the male bass will go and like make uh, a, like a divot, sort of just spin his body around in like the dirt and make a little like divot hole pocket, where a female bass will come and dump some eggs, and she'll do that like three or four different with diff- with three or four different males to spread out her like l- her eggs. Yeah. And yeah, and and so, but even the men, they'll they'll do a bunch of different 
nests and they'll just like say like park your eggs here and I'll just I'll just I'll blow my milt on them later. That's what <laughs> that's what fi- that's what fish sperm's called is milt. Blowing my milt. And so that's what they do. And then oh, <laughs> but so I mean I just thought it was really, you know, at first at first <laughs> Saturday night. At, f- <laughs> at first, at first take on this episode, you're like, "Oh, that's funny. Nobody can tell the difference between a male and a female fish." I don't know about bass, but I could pro- I could tell you at, at that size that Hank's holding up if a fish was male or female. That's my job. I got nothing to add to that. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that. Uh, thank you all for that. Uh, let's transition into just our very final thoughts of the episode before we get out of here. I want to go first. You're... Yeah. Yeah, steal take it away. Good Do it. Okay, I'm going to steal all the good points. Take them. Number one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good points. Number one. I love this episode. I think it's the best. So far, it is my favorite. And I really like, I just love the way that it's written. It like, it goes all around. Like it can, it's on so many different levels about um, addiction. Like I feel like you could look at this on the surface and you see all the things that Hank does that are like mirroring of like addictions. And then if you really look way closer at it and what it's being critical of, I feel like it's just like really good. Like people who, think that they're like what they do or what their hobbies are or what they obsess over isn't an addiction and they think they're so much better than the people who are going to come and break into their truck in the middle of the night like i think that it's a very interesting and a very good take on it like if you did fish as much as hank does and your world was revolving around fishing as much as hank's week here has been like we he didn't go to work you know what yeah, I mean? Like, so it's just like, you know, like it, you, I think it's interesting to say to the, at the very least that I think it's an interesting take on addictions. This episode. It's a very good point. I agree. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. I really like this episode. I think it's like one of the funnier ones done yet. And, um, yeah, I think you made a good point about like the addictions and, um, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. But. Do you want me to take a name? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cut mine out. So I uh, I knew somebody was going to talk about the addiction, so I took a little different angle. I wanted to touch on uh, how th- this show, at least this episode, uh, most more specifically, the way they film it is a lot like kind of a live action sitcom. Whereas, like, if they had locations that they had booked for that week, like for a scene or whatever, they're going to reuse those locations. So I noticed that in this episode, they had the multiple locations that they went to. Like, they started out at the courthouse. They ended at the courthouse. They had 6th and Woodmont that they went to a couple times. Uh, Lake Arlen. It was just like the... If they had booked those in, like, real life, they would probably want to get the most bang for their buck and go back to those uh, locations. But I just really... I liked that. I thought it was uh, realistic. Yeah, I like... I, I do like that because I think that... It again gives them the opportunity, like with the end worm into like the sunny lake. I think it does give them the opportunity to revisit the same scenes as you've seen them, and then again as they are more in the depths of like addiction and how things seem. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll agree, and uh, you know. Uh, on the same subject matter, one of my favorite things about King of the Hill is the side characters, like the one-off bit characters. In this oh. episode, they hit it, like they knock it out of the park. Like oh, yeah. Billy Ray Walters is someone you'd expect, you know, you know, break it into your truck. And they have the eclectic judge and this big, like lumpy bailiff named Duke. And they have like, you know, Billy Ray Walters' pregnant girlfriend in the crowd, right? Like it's just like, I love, and they like- And Layaway Ray, Ray. And Layaway Ray, like the, like the, you know, the- the other, like, you know, citizens of Ireland that, you know, don't have, like, you know, reoccurring roles, they just, they knock them out of the park. And I love these episodes that we get the boys a lot in. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say uh, one more thing about this episode other than, like, I totally agree with you guys. But, like, another thing this episode does really well that, like, every episode of King Hill does well. But, like, um, this one especially, like, some of the Hank's words are just so funny. Like, when he says batteries and, <laughs> like, uh, what's the... Vanilla and like uh, tool shed, like <laughs> I don't know, like just I felt like his voice was like better in this one than any other we've heard yet. Yeah, I think Mike Judge has really became you know super comfortable in the Hank Hill role since yeah. season two. I think there's that, and I also think that they're starting to understand it. You know, like as like like yeah, like people are starting to see the show at this point. Um, and yeah, they're starting to know who these characters are and it shows. It yeah. Shows. Cause we talked about in the in-betweener how they hadn't gotten feedback f- f- and now I feel like they definitely do. So yeah. You know, Mike Judge has got people coming up to him being like, whoa, that boy ain't right. <laughs> yeah. Sort of thing, right? Like it's water cooler talk now. I think one of my personal favorites is crematorium. <laughs> Just some like final thoughts on the show. Like, uh. Like, Hank and, you know, other people in Ireland kind of, like, obviously, like, everybody, like, turn their nose up at, like, you know, guys that break into people's trucks and, like, drug addicts. And, like, Hank doesn't think what he's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, just being, like, pretty much addicted to fishing and, like, having a one-track mind. But, like, if realistically this went on and he never got arrested and he never realized, like, oh, I should just go back to the worm, it's the right way of fishing like he would have lost his family or like like his relationships would have deteriorated around him and like so i mean it's kind of like cool how they point that out yeah and i hope hank learns from this because you're right like i'm sure a lot of people in Ireland and like hank included like look down upon those people like oh they they can't control themselves they suffer from an addiction but we all have addictions in our own way whatever we're addicted to it's all different things yeah and like whether you recognize that or not is like up to you and like you should probably just take a step back and think about how you live your life you know yeah if it's like hurting you and your peep the people around you that like you love then you need to take a second look exactly yeah yeah like if, if you just can't if you need something to cope with when your son needs a little more butter for his pancakes <laughs> like you probably got a problem check yourself buddy whether it's legal or not it's a problem <laughs> exactly so i want to thank you guys again for coming this meeting has been a great one uh thank you all for listening at home thank you nathan for coming all oh, the way over you. to our little island yes and I think you should come back. Uh, I'm calling you out right now. <laughs> you have to be back for Kane's Crediberg. Oh, please. When is that one? I think it's only like two weeks or so. We got Husky Bobby next up, and then following that is the man who shot Kane Scredberg. Well, I'll do my best. 
And before we send off with our final Wee Matanya, I just want to thank everybody who has, you know, reached out on Facebook and just let us know what they think about the podcast or where you're listening from. It really, it's really motivating and we love hearing from you. And uh, yeah, I want to shout out that dude on Twitter that I keep tweeting to. (laughs) That dude rules. He knows who he is. There's a few of them, but those those dudes rule. (laughs) You all rule, including the ones on Instagram too. I'll see you next time. So with that, let's get a round table. We Matanya. We Matanya. I woke up early this morning, and I'm already running late. There's a list of things long as my arm I won't get done today. Is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? They're running into each other. Somebody tell me when it's my day. Man, this life can sure be a mother. So tomorrow I'm taking me fishing. Hang a sign on the door of my life. Tell the world that I've gone missing. Want to hear more Order of the Straight Arrow? Join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow, a King of the Hill podcast. Catch new episodes every Sunday night. Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at Utsakothpod at gmail.com. Please, no hate mail. Hey, what you crying for, boy? It's a good show. This is a damn good show. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us.